This is the Horse Radio Network. Every equestrian has too much stuff. There's no denying it. But what happens when it all sparks joy? We'll discuss when is it time to clean out that tack trunk. This week, we'll also get an update on all things Wellington as the winter show season is in full swing. And we'll talk about something kind of taboo, talking to your horse in the show ring. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Victoria Goff. I'm Jessica Payne, and welcome to episode 43 of Heels Down Happy Hour. How's it going, guys? Good. How's it going? Yeah, it's good. It's good to be back. Absolutely. So, Jess, I heard you guys had a great weekend in Aiken, huh? Yes, the Aiken Grand Prix eventing was this weekend, and it was a lot of fun. Doug was second on Van Diver, which was a great win for them. The horses come back after um, having stifle surgery last April, so he's back at it. And like Courtney calls him, the king is back. <laughs> so <laughs> that was awesome. And then huge shout out to Liz Halliday Sharp, who actually won. On Fernhill by night, she had an incredible ride on all three phases. So it was a lot of fun. And what was great about it is in Aiken, there's like some great things that everybody comes. One of them being the Wilcox. It's a restaurant bar hotel. And one of the jumps was actually like a middle, uh, like a mini Wilcox. So it oh, was kind cool. of fun that they, they had like an Aiken theme for all the jumps, which was fun. And I heard you actually met one of our podcast listeners, right? I did. Alex, shout out to Alex for coming up. She was in the VIP tent and was actually with my mom and Hudson. And I walked up to see them and she just introduced herself and was fun. And we had a lovely chat. So it was a lot of fun. Oh my goodness. That's so cool. So I have a question, Victoria, because I know not only are you a journalist, but you're a press secretary. Do people like recognize you? Like when you're out and about, do you get that too? Like this Thankfully not, no, I never get recognized, but I I used to work for a horsey TV channel over here and I did a lot of producing and some filming and we had a presenter who was kind of a taller, blonder, louder, posher version than me and (laughs) people would come up to me and be like, oh my gosh, are you Jenny? And I'd be like, no, I'm not Jenny. <laughs> and um, I'm still Scottish, she's English. So yeah, there's that fundamental difference. And yeah, so we used to get called the press room twins. So I, I got recognized by proxy, but I was the wrong person. So <laughs> sadly <awesome>. not. <laughs> so this week, our episode is brought to you by Saratoga Horseworks, which if you have never gotten a custom blanket through Saratoga, you are seriously missing out because they miss like not one detail. So I just ordered my first ever sheet from them and I'm so excited to get it. Like I am just so impressed by the, like the amount of stuff I had to fill out online just to get the sheet was crazy. Like when I say they pay attention to every detail, I mean any little detail you could ever imagine or want in a sheet, you're going to get it from Saratoga Horseworks. So Once I get it, I'm going to talk about it on the show. I'm happy to share some pictures with you guys, but I'm like drooling over their Instagram feed and I just can't wait to see my sheet. And luckily for our podcast listeners, they're offering a 20% off coupon. So if you're interested in getting your own custom sheet, they also have really great polo wraps. Use heels down 20. So capital H, capital D, heels down 
20 Use that coupon code at your checkout and you can get 20% off. And their website is horseworks.com. Jess, you got a drink for us this week? I do, I do. This one is Sweet Georgia Peach Smash. And it sounds very like springy, so I'm excited to try it. I actually haven't tried this one, but found it and it looks amazing. So it's two ounces of whiskey or bourbon. I'll probably actually do the bourbon. A teaspoon of lemon juice, an ounce of simple sugar, three slices of peaches, and a splash of seltzer water. And so it sounds amazing. To put that into a shaker, this is kind of my drink. And I feel like it's been a bit cold this week, so I need to try this to like hopefully bring out the spring because I think peaches in spring would be so good. I'm not a huge peach fan, but with oh, the really? bourbon, no, I'm not. Like it's too oh. sweet for me. But with the bourbon, it sounds really interesting. Like I feel like I could get behind this one. I, I think really it sounds excited. quite healthy. I think I think uh, <laughs> it definitely counts as one of your five a day fruit and veg. So yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a try. There we go. So speaking of drinks, we are actually in like how we want listeners to, you know, bring us in their drinks, all this, but we also want you guys to give your casting calls and we've had some amazing videos, but we are still searching for a co-host. So everybody get your video in and please come join us on the show. Yeah. So if you're, if you have not seen our post on heelsdownmag.com, I'll explain it to you quickly, but we are looking to add a new co-host to the show and we really want to, we're inviting basically all our listeners to apply. So if you want to hang out with us, drink some cocktails, talk about horses, all you got to do is shoot a minute ish long video, um, post it on social media, pretty much any platform, as long as you can tag us and use the hashtag HD happy hour And in the video, we want you to tell us, one, why you want to be a part of the show, but also, two, you have to embarrass yourself by telling us your most embarrassing horse show moment. And, oh, my God, we've gotten the best submissions so far. Like, I've been, like, dying belly laughing at my desk watching these at work and going, oh, my gosh. I'm sure you're getting funny looks for that. Oh, totally. But please keep them coming because this is awesome. So moving on to news, Victoria, why don't you kick us off? Yeah, sure. So there's been a big story this week, quite a sad story over here in the UK about the lead singer of this kind of dancey rock band that um, were huge over here in the 90s. They were called The Prodigy and uh, they had a big hit called Firestarter. And I don't know if you guys know them very well, but they were really, really big over here, a big number one single. And you might be wondering what on earth this has got to do with horses. And to be honest, I was kind of surprised when among all these tributes and it's made the news here, it's um, it's been all over the news newspapers, loads of people paying tribute. Um, an equestrian photographer called Nicole Morgan posted a picture of this former rock star dressed in kind of old tweed and a, and a cap and he was actually at badminton and it turns out he was like a bit of an eventing fan and had gone along to badminton along with uh, Lisa Green who is of course the daughter of Lucinda Green. So I was I just I'm completely shocked because if you saw this guy in his prime he was, you know, covered in tattoos. He had, like, the wildest hair. Like, he's quite a scary-looking character. And by all accounts, it turns out he was a really nice guy and a big fan of our sport. So kind of sad, but also kind of surprising. It's such a sad story. And it's making the – it's, like, international news. I think he had a lot of fans, clearly, that that whole rock group. But I had – like you said, I had no idea he had a horse connection. That's crazy. 
No, no, it's happened before. There's a, a huge um, singer over here as well called Rag and Bone Man. Again, I don't know if it's a kind of if he's made it across the pond yet, but apparently he was seen at the South of England International Horse Trials. And when I had to read that story twice, thinking I just I can't believe it. There's, there's nothing uh, sort of more surprising to me than a massive rock star, and he's quite a big guy as well, turning up at your local horse trials. It's it's kind of odd. What about That's you, Jess? Awesome. Well, speaking of odd news, I'm so excited because in September, they're going to release another Dr. Seuss book. And the author has actually been dead for like, I think, 28 years. And they found his book 21 years after his death. So a couple of years ago, they found it and it's actually going to hit the shelves. And it's about how this horse takes like you on a tour about an art museum. So it's, I'm really excited because I love Dr. Seuss books. So I'm excited to have Hudson get another Dr. Seuss book. So, and this time it's horse related. Yeah. And I think it features some like very famous horse artists through the years, right? Like it's supposed to be like an art museum with all horse works. All horse works. Yes. So you basically go on this guided tour and kind of, Basically, they said, we'll all see how the world looks like in different ways. That's so cool. I'm excited, too. Yeah. So mine's a little bit cheerful. But speaking of embarrassing stories, I feel like you have a really good news article. Okay. So there's this great story on horsecanada.com. Well, it's not a great story. It's kind of a, it's a bummer for this one Canadian show jumper who was at the Nations Cup jumping final in Barcelona last fall. And he had a doping incident where his horse tested positive and they could not figure out how, how there was like anything coming out of the horse. And they, and what they found was the source of the doping incident was his (laughs) groom, his groom urinated in the stall. And so they picked up his urine and tested that. And he was on antidepressant medication and that's what flagged the FEI drug stuff. Isn't that crazy? It's amazing. Like so, I just, I couldn't even fathom all of this whole situation. So we've, we've had all kinds of instances where we've talked about in the show where like someone used a product at Walmart that got them in trouble for doping. And then I know like there's even been incidences of like people having like something topical on their hands and touching a horse. And then that coming up in the, in like the FEI drug tests. So now even if you pee in your stall, you should be prepared that that could affect your horse's drug test. And I this this story spoke to me personally because I'm not embarrassed to admit, but I pee in my horse's stall all the time, especially <laughs> at horse shows, you know? So I feel like every horse girl has done that at least once before, you know? Like, there's not a porta potty around. What are your options? At least when you're in the stall, no one can see you. <laughs> so, <laughs> My question is, do you at least wait until the horse isn't there or or do you just go in the corner and just don't look at your horse when he he or she is (laughs) That's a really good question. In complete amusement, being like, what are you doing in my bed? (laughs) (laughs) Doug does it all the time and he says he's like, it's too dusty in his horse's stall. I'm like, that's so (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's so funny. So uh, yes, I have gone when my horse has been in the stall. He he doesn't seem to be bothered by it. That's nice. You you kind of have a partnership. So (laughs) he's like, I go, you go, it's fine. (laughs) But yeah, so be careful where you pee, I guess, is the moral of the story. (laughs) So I don't know if you guys have been following along in the Heels Down Brief this week, but we have an exclusive interview with Stormy Daniels. 
yes, that's Stormy Daniels, who, if you didn't know, she's an inventor. And she rides, she's taken lessons with Doug. She's taken lessons with Don Tram. She's written with Lainey Ashker. It's been, it's been really fun to produce this interview and put it out in the brief. And every day we're sharing a new piece of that interview. So if you haven't caught up on it, you should sign up for the brief now and you can go back and read some of the old emails and you can sign up for the brief by going to bit.ly slash hdbrief. But hey, I do have like a, a little extra I want to share. And Jess, you have to hear this because it involves your husband. So I feel like I know what you're going to tell me. It is really so, funny, actually. So I interviewed Stormy and she was telling me about the trainers she really likes. And she mentioned Doug. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to tell, <laughs> tell Jess this story. But something came up, too. I guess she told me like... The question she gets asked the most from horse people is her recommendations for bras. Oh, yeah. A client of mine asked her. Well, so she told me she's like, I actually have this really funny story where Doug called me out of the blue and was asking me for bra (laughs) recommendations for his client. (laughs) It's because one of our clients was like, I think my boobs are as big as Stormy Daniels. I'm not lying to you. She literally decides to tell me that. I'm like, Catherine, I can't even. I don't even know. And she says, well she's got to know the best Doug's like, well, I mean, she probably knows the best sports bras. Cause looking at me, I'm not the one to ask basically. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well <laughs> I can't give you advice on that. Any sports bra works for me. So Doug called her, I think we were at try on one week and just called her out of the blue and was like, I need to know, but she didn't tell you the underwear story. No. So you got to tell us the underwear story. I swore that was going to be the one because I was there for that one too. But so we're in Texas, Doug was teaching a clinic and we were going on vacation with the people that owned the horse long story short. We're at the farm, both of us, and we're sitting there and, you know, a lot of Doug's clinics will do like question and answers one night and everybody has dinner and stuff. And all of a sudden I got a little creeped out when I saw Lisa, Robbie and Stormy all leave the party. And I'm like, that ain't a good situation right there. So they come back with boxes and they had bought and they put them on over their, they put them on over their jeans and everything. These big granny panty things, because (laughs) Doug always says, take your skirt off and just jump it. So they bought these panties and labeled on the back of them, WW. Like, what would Doug Payne do? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) And then decided just to bend over. It was the funniest situation. They had bought these underwear, and then all these people decided they should ride in this underwear. It was the craziest thing. I was like, what is happening here? Only in Texas. We're going to have to find photos of that. Photo evidence. I'll find them. Uh, That's pretty funny. So please sign up for the brief because we do all kinds of fun things in the brief every couple weeks. So after the stormy interview, we are going to host a really fun week that's going to highlight all the crazy people of the internet. So every crazy horse personality that you've ever seen (laughs) on Facebook, on forums, basically making fun of ourselves. And you're really not, you're definitely not going to want to miss this because it's when I've been editing it this last week, I've been dying laughing going, oh my gosh. And just to give you a hint, we all know that one lady where there, you know, no matter what the problem is with the horse, it always goes goes back to ulcers. You know what I mean? Who's ever oh, yeah. whose comment every time is ulcers, ulcers. So <laughs> you definitely are going to want to sign up. And the way to subscribe is to go to bit.ly slash hdbrief. All right, guys. So we have a product for you from Greenhawk that we're reviewing this week. Jess, did you get this girth too, or is it just me? I did not get the privilege of this girth. This was just you. 
Oh, well, I'm excited to tell you all about it. So it's awesome. Greenhawk is a Canadian equestrian retailer, but you can buy their products online no matter where you live. And so I got a super soft, really stretchy Shedro removable fleece girth from Greenhawk. Um, and it's exactly as it sounds. It's like um, it, it's like a soft, stretchy girth. And then it has the fleece on it, like what you would think of for like a traditional hunter girth. But what's really cool about it is the fleece is removable. And all you do is like, it's almost like a Velcro action where it just slides right off. So it's so easy to clean. And my biggest problem with the fleece line girths, having grown up in the hunters, is they just get so dingy looking after a while. You know, like the fleece gets all gross and matted. But I really love how you can remove it so you can save the fleece. But you could also wash it on its own in a more gentle cycle than you would with the regular girth. And it's it's super affordable. It's $46.15 plus shipping from Greenhawk. And it comes in all, all typical girth sizes, not dressage sizes. But it, it, it's what I've had problems with girthing with my horse. So he needs something soft, kind of like a professional's choice type girth. And this is very much in that same vein. It's soft, it's very flexible, and the fleece just adds to that whole experience for him. And he loves it. So if you are interested, um, we've got a bit.ly link that we're going to share with you guys in the show notes, but you can find the Shedro Girth at Greenhawk. All right, guys. So we have a super fun guest on the show today, and I'm really excited to introduce Lindsay Brock, who is with Jump Media, which is an equestrian public relations firm. And Lindsay is in Wellington right now, as she is for most of the winter equestrian festival season. So if you don't know Lindsay, Lindsay has worked in equestrian media for a long time. But before that, she worked at The Hollywood Reporter and at the Carol Mann Agency in New York City. She's a writer. She's a photographer. She works in social media. And like I said, she's with Jump Media right now. And welcome to the show, Lindsay. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, guys. Thanks for coming on. Welcome. So basically, we just want to get the dish on what's going on in Wellington this year. How is it so far this season? It's been amazing. Every year, uh, I consider myself lucky to be able to escape the the winters of New York for a little while and head down there. But I had never actually been to Wellington until I started working with Jump Media. So I obviously knew WEF and, and knew a lot of the riders who were competing there. But I guess it was four or five seasons ago, which is scary. But that was my, that was my first experience of Wellington. And it's, it's, it's nothing like I had ever experienced before. <laughs> so tell me about that. Cause I think a lot of people, you know, watch live streams. They know everyone comes to Florida for, for the show season, but like, what is living in Wellington actually like, like, do you run into McLean Ward at Publix? Yes, actually. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's it's really interesting because Wellington really is a hub of horse sport and not just not just show jumping. I mean, we focus a lot on show jumping and and a little bit dressage and eventing as well, but you know, it's really a unique opportunity for myself working and for riders and for spectators and even for people who live in Wellington year round. There's so many different disciplines represented there and I think that's super important because I think we can all learn a lot from each other. And I know a lot of the show jumpers that I talked to who went to say the Wellington eventing showcase or go to Friday night stars at dressage. Um, 
that they learn so much and, and we're all in the same industry pretty much, but there's so much for uh, people to learn from the different disciplines. And yeah, it's a little bit strange to be, you know, walking in Publix in your pajamas on a Monday and, and run into BZ Madden and McLean Ward. But at the same time, it's <laughs> kind of refreshing to know that they buy their kale at Publix just like the rest of us do. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any like funny stories or, you know, like when you were kind of figuring out the ropes of what it means to live in Wellington of like running into somebody or just like you got lost and ended up somewhere funny? Yeah. So, I mean, for me, I have two stories, actually. One isn't as funny as the second, but gated communities and the Wellington and Florida in general housing situation is a totally foreign concept to me living in New York. So I remember the first time I had to go to a photo shoot or something in Grand Prix Village and I got to the gate and I was like, I have nothing for you. I don't have my license. I don't have a gate code. I have no idea what's happening. <laughs> so I kind of had to sweet, sweet talk my way in first time. So, and I still always get to the gate and I'm like, no, I don't have my license. I'm a disaster. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but the second one, so a lot of the riders recognize me in my role as a PR professional. So usually when I see them at the horse show, it's whether they're clients of mine and I, I'm, you know, bringing them up to speed on new projects that we're working on, or if we're covering something and I'm asking them for interviews or asking them to do video content for us, um, social media takeovers, whatever, they're very used to me asking them for favors. And so uh, I actually ran into McLean Ward outside of the horse show once in Wellington. And, and I said, hi, McLean, how are you? And, and he stopped and he said, hi. And then he said, do you need anything? And, <laughs> and I said, no, I was just saying hello. <laughs> uh, so, and then a similar thing happened to, with Nick Skelton the season after he won the, the gold medal in Rio, was very used to us asking him for favors. And I was actually uh, on a horse at the time riding, I think it was a Tuesday or, or a Monday, and we were just hacking around the horse show uh, with a friend of mine. And and we rounded a corner and there was Nick and Laura standing there and and he kind of looked up at me and he did a double take and then he immediately turned around and walked away. <laughs> um, so I think he thought I was trying to go incognito and, and ask him for things uh, in a way that he didn't think. But um, but yeah, but at the same time, it's it's really awesome to be able to kind of be on a first name basis and a hello, how are you at public basis with some of these riders. So. Speaking of riders, you have to tell us who some of your favorite riders are. <sighs> There's a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think, so I grew up in, in New York. I grew up in upstate New York. Uh, now I live further uh, further downstate. But I grew up showing at Lake Placid. And before I kind of made the switch from, from eventing to show jumping, I used to go to Lake Placid and kind of drool over all the beautiful horses when I was a little girl. And then that was... Then Margie Goldstein, you know, Margie Goldstein Engel now. And she was kind of the, she was the hero <laughs> that I looked up to when I was, when I was watching horse shows at Lake Placid. And when I got my first PR job in the horse industry, she was my first interview. She won a Grand Prix at Hit Saugerties. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. I kind of fangirled a little bit because she was kind of my idol growing up. Other than that, I mean, she, she, I think still is, is one of my favorite riders, but there's so many as far as, uh, riders that I love to watch compete. I love to watch Beat Manley ride. I think he's a spectacular rider. Um, I really love to watch 
the evolution of Adrian Sternlicht over the last year after the WEG. I feel like um, she's really stepped up and to be someone impressive. So as far as Americans, her and, and Margie, and then obviously, um, I mean, as uh, from the U.S., I, I obviously love watching, you know, McLean, Beasy, Kent ride as well. So um, there's so many. <laughs> I can't stop. And there speaking are so of- many. Sorry, sorry. What kind of, oh no, you're fine. I was just kind of curious, like speaking of fashion or whatever else, but like what's kind of trending right now in Wellington? Yeah. So I think that, um, one of the interesting things I see often when talking about fashion is, uh, I think that kind of the first thing to take a step into the future a little bit has been helmets in my opinion. Um, I think, and kind of the first horse show in the U.S. of the spring season um, is the Launching Masters of New York, which which I attend in the spring. And that's kind of the place where you see really new trending helmets. And then you see a little preview of that in Wellington every year. Um, it's kind of where you saw casks step into the scene a little bit a couple of years ago. And now you see kind of a new evolution of GPA helmets. And I love helmets. So I find <laughs> um, I find that really interesting. And then I think in Wellington, people are really uh, encouraged to kind of take a step into the future a little bit with fashion. But also, it's a little bit of a difficult, difficult place climate wise. It's very hot in the summer. It's still for me as a New Yorker, very hot in the winter. But so I think we start to see people toy with functionality as well. I was really uh, pumped to see kind of the riding bodysuits come on the scene a couple of years ago. There's nothing that I hate more than that little roll you get below your belt when you are terrible at tucking your shirt in like I am. Um, <laughs> oh, totally. And, <laughs> but yeah, I think those are the those are the the major ones. So I want to know, and you're spending all this time as so many of the best riders in the world, and obviously you've got to know quite a few of them really well. So can you tell us some inside secrets? Is there anything you could tell us about some of the top top riders that we might not know? Oh man. I mean, I think I always, I kind of see a different side of, of riders because I'm after they're done competing, you know, we step out of the, out of the spotlight and we do our interviews and we actually get to know them. And I really love seeing, uh, for example, in the, the under 25 divisions that they do in Wellington and then also at, at popping up horse shows all over. I really love to see still how passionate and excited riders are. You know, this is their sport. This is their their job, I guess you could say, for a lot of them. And um, they still are just really excited pony kids at the end of the day. <laughs> um, and so I think, I don't know if I have any specific um, secrets. You know, some of these big name riders still get camera shy. Uh, we do video content and I've heard people like, you know, BZ McLean Kent say, like, you're making me really nervous. Um, they're, they're human, just like the rest of us. Yeah, I, I really enjoy seeing and, and I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear just how many riders really are just as excited to be doing what they're doing as we are to be watching them do it. That's awesome. So I know the tickets for the Longines Masters in New York just went on sale, which is super exciting. So I wanted to, I wanted, but I know uh, Longines had a really good uh, stint over in Asia. And I wanted to talk to you about that. Like, because Longines is so interesting to me because it's global, you know, people follow it all over the world. Can you tell me a little bit more about this circuit? And I guess like, 
I can't think of another one besides, you know, like Nations Cups and things like that that really connect horse people around the world. And how are the shows different from one another? I guess from like Hong Kong to New York beyond the obvious, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, obviously there are, uh, you know, differences in culture and differences in riders. But what I think is really cool about the Longing Masters is actually that there aren't a lot of differences from um, Hong Kong to Paris to New York. So I think what they try and do is create an atmosphere that's more festival-like and kind of give riders, trainers, spectators, everyone involved the feeling that they're celebrating the horse and the sport and I don't think that you see a lot of atmospheres like that. And it, and it translates from Hong Kong to Paris to New York. But I think what, what just happened in Hong Kong was super interesting because I think that's such a new market. And I think people like Christophe Amu with the Longines Masters really tapped into a place that was craving development in our sport, just like, you know, Young Tops did before him with, with with Global Champions Tour. But I think what they've done is find a market that was hungry for horse sport, and it's growing at a very rapid pace. And I think within a matter of years, we've seen uh, horse sport in Asia kind of climb the ranks, and, and it's quickly approaching popularity that it's seen in, in Europe and North America. So I think it's... And, and they they host what's called the, called the Asia Horse Week there during the Longines Masters of Hong Kong. And that's kind of a an educational platform. So they had, you know, speakers and things like that, uh, kind of educating the community about horse sport, what it means on both in Hong Kong and then kind of globally as well. So really cool. And I'm super excited for it to come to New York next. That's awesome. So last question about Wellington-ish, and it's sort of something that happened somewhat recently. Obviously, Danielle Goldstein had like a really phenomenal mm-hmm. ride on Liz and yeah. Mary. But I'm sure you've seen, like, pretty much everyone else in the world, like, people wanted to judge her for her feathers and her Mm -hmm. choice of style in the ring. And I just, uh, I, me personally, I just am bummed that the internet exists for people to to say mean things, you know, like, she just had a tremendous ride. She won this class. That's what people should be focusing on. Is that like, are you feeling that actually in Wellington or do you think that exists only online or just curious what you feel, how you feel about it and what you've seen? Yeah, no, I think that you, you definitely, it definitely exists in Wellington. And I think the undertones of what's happening on a broader scale, you know, on social media and and across the internet, um, we see it and we feel it in Wellington. But, you know, I think especially from a PR professional you know, these people are professional athletes and uh, they have a platform and not to draw too many connections to kind of mainstream hot topics. But, you know, I, I think it's really unfortunate when we hear people say, you know, be quiet and ride your horse or be quiet and throw your football or be quiet and sing your song because they have a platform and that platform they're using to talk about things that they're passionate about or to be an example of things that they feel strongly about. And I think Danielle in particular, you know, this this is something that she thinks is important. And this is something that has really been taken the wrong way. And I think at the same time, you know, if you're, if you're, if you prefer, you know, Navy wool hunt coats, awesome. That's great. But for her, she wanted to do something else that she's really excited about. And I think that 
that as a vehicle to, to bring mainstream people into the sport a little bit is a positive, but it's also a negative that people are also using it uh, as a way to kind of bring her down rather than talk about the fact that she had an amazing ride in a five star at one of the biggest horses in the horse shows in the world. Um, and she killed it. <laughs> yeah. So right? I, yeah. I think that, um, if it does, you know, maybe there's a glimmer of hope that some people realize if it, if it brings some attention from people who didn't know what show jumping was, who are probably a little bit more open to, yeah, girl, you do you, you wear those feathers. Uh, I think that's a positive. And, and, and another side note, I think from personal experience that the research done about, um, and I think it's equal parts, they don't love the feathers, equal parts, they think the hair should be up in the helmet just like it has been for the past many decades. And right. I think that the recent research done to prove that that is not the safest way to wear a helmet is really important. I was a person who used to say, you're jumping a five star, put your hair in your helmet. I don't think that anymore. And I think back to when I was riding in uh, a brand new GPA helmet that did not fit me correctly. And I said, meh, whatever, I'll keep wearing it. Every time I went to a horse show and put my hair up, if I had had a bad fall, it would have popped off and I would have been in, in, in pretty serious trouble. Um, uh, as a fearless you know, teenage rider, I didn't really think that through, but I think that's an important part of it you know, in a conversation, maybe she didn't intend to come up, but I think that's, that's, uh, that's been important as well. So I Great say, point. I say, I love you, Danielle. Keep wearing feathers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Lindsay, thanks so much for coming on. This was awesome. We thanks. Really and we'll definitely have to have you on as we kind of get into the long jeans season, essentially, which is next after WEF, huh? Yeah, there's so much exciting stuff happening, and, and the Longy Masters will be here before we know it in New York. Um, and yeah, I would love to join you guys again. Sounds great. Well, thanks so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. So I just had to give a really quick shout out. This past week, we've been busy doing multiple horse shows and everything else, and I have been using my Pup and Pony Co. halters, and they look incredible. And I was like, oh, you know those really pretty halters? I mean, Justine, you have one. You almost don't want to use it. It looks so nice. I know. But they, they're they so durable. We had them, and we actually put them on one of the grays. It is beautiful. I don't know if you saw the picture. We ended up taking a picture of it because it was it's so pretty. You just, like, want to sit there and stare at it, honestly. But I actually was surprised. Like, they're, they hold up. They don't look, like, dingy. Like, we've used them on multiple horses the last couple days, and I – last couple weeks, sorry, not days, weeks and days, um, that they're just a great halter. And so I really just had to give a shout out for it. And we have a promo code. So you guys, if you need halters, collars for the dogs, leashes for the dogs, they're some of the most incredible things. So you can get a coupon code if you use heels down and you use 20% off and you go to the website, pup and pony tag co.com. So, Victoria, we published one of your articles recently, and it has to do with Marie Kondo, you know, the Netflix <laughs> sensation and her and her show. And I when I read your story, I like laughed out loud. I have not watched the show yet. My husband has. But obviously, it's like taking the Internet world by storm. So I want to know more about like what your impressions are of the show. And it sounds like you took some of those tips to your horse life and trying to get organized. 
So I have to confess, I haven't I haven't watched her show either, but I do look at her Instagram um, feed and think, why can't I be that tidy? And I realized <laughs> that not only was I trying to be tidy in my house and failing because I kind of start organizing stuff and then decide to put it away for another day, which then never comes. But with my horsey stuff, I don't know what it is. Like I kind of, I put it quite neatly and then I use it a few times and then suddenly it just looks like it's been thrown there and, you know, a herd of cattle have waded through it and uh, and some a storm's come in and blown everything upside down. It's like, it gets ridiculous and, uh, and it, it gets worse and worse until I eventually say that's enough and I, I kind of have a bit of a clear out and it's a little bit better and I'm so smug. But then even then, at my neatest, everything is still a bit filthy and uh, like old and needing replace and then sometimes I go to these professional yards and literally everything is color coordinated and gleaming and it's all like perfectly lined up and so be like that that's what my article is about how I wish I could be like that and I'm definitely not so I imagine your barn is like that Jess because Courtney seems like an organization machine it's so funny because Courtney all of them are so organized in the barn. And then you go in their house and like, don't just don't look at that corner. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> deal, deal. I don't care. So, but no, they do such a great job. And I think the biggest thing is, is everything has a place. We love our shelves. I love our grooming boxes. We use those full of like medicine and stuff like that. So everything has a place. And so you don't get caught up in the corner of having like 12 Shoshin bottles that are empty. So we basically just have everything is in its own place. And we try really hard not to keep extra. And if they start to look raggedy, I, I'll be the first one to throw it away. Like I even joked the other day, there was a pair of like high boots and they were looking rough. And I threw them away. And one of the girls got them out of the trash and was like, these are not done yet. <laughs> and I was like, they- Two days later, they broke. And I was like, see, they were done. Throw them away. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Because you're be- well, you're better than me because I feel like I'm the type of person who can't throw stuff away. Oh, Doug's the worst. If he hasn't worn his T-shirt like or whatever, he doesn't have T-shirts. But if he doesn't have a shirt, he's like, can we just throw this away? I was like, no, you might wear it. He's like, I haven't worn it in two years. And I think for us, I think we cheat a little bit because we move all the time. So you just don't want to, you know, like in Aiken, we're at Philip Dutton's barn in the off season because our place in North Carolina is taking years. And then we rent somewhere for three months. So we keep moving quite often. And so we refuse to like take it with us. And same with like our house, like we've moved every couple of years. So then we just don't want to be a pack rat. So we just throw it all away. Like, I feel like that's probably our advice is like, we just pretend like we don't if you don't want to pack it up and keep it after two or three moves, we're like, now nah, we're done. So what about, okay. So like, I'm, I have a question for both of you because I'm the type of person that's like, all right, I have this bit from a horse I had when I was 17. Don't, don't throw and, those away. <laughs> so I'm, you know, it's like the bit is, is just as old as I was at that time. You know what I mean? And I've kept it and I'm like, Oh, I might use it on another horse someday. And so I, I, I do that a lot with like blankets in some horse boots that aren't in terrible shape and bits and stuff like that. But now I have like five tack trunks. I have two at the barn. I have one in my trailer. 
I got a couple here at the house, like in storage. And then I even like my truck, the whole backseat of my truck is just essentially horse crap. That's just, oh, I might pull it out and use it maybe one day. I Who knows? I don't even know what's at the bottom of the truck anymore. Like I have so much crap. So, so how do you decide? That, like, okay, well, that's it. hold so, on to this or not? Bitbox, just get a huge Bitbox. That's been the best thing ever is we put everything in a Bitbox. So then it's easy. You can see it, you know where it is, and they're not in five different places. So we do have a Bitbox that I will never throw away a bit. I probably have, I mean, I know there's tons of people with huge Bit collections, but I'm probably right up there with one of the top ones. Like Doug thinks I'm crazy on how many bits we probably own. And so those I don't, if they're blankets, like different sizes and stuff, we'll keep like turnouts and stuff. And a lot of times, like we'll just take them to like tack exchanges or whatever else. Or we went through the blankets that were kind of dingy and not waterproof and we weren't ever going to use them. And we keep some spares because they come in the barn, but I've been really good about like donating them to, you know, the equine rescues and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And same like saddle pads, like once they were looking dingy or they some of them looked really good, but they didn't fit our saddles. And okay. I was like, look, like we just need to donate these because keeping them around for them, they're eventually going to work. Didn't work. Cause I was like, this is dumb. Like this saddle pad's never going to fit, you know, it just fit weird or it bunched up weird or something that Doug and I hated it. And we're like, well, the other person can use it. And I'm like, okay, if we're both complaining, we just need to get rid of it. Yeah, so I mean, we, the- that's the real logical thing to do, though. And if you have a big string of horses, you know, kind of getting rid of the old stuff and keeping keeping some stuff that you may need, because you're going to have different horses coming in and there'll be different sizes and shapes and, and they might need different schooling. So you have different bits. But when you have one horse like me, there's no excuse to hang yeah. on to all this stuff. And I now have like the... I call it my my kind of horsey stuff graveyard where it's not quite gone, but I'm just holding on to it. The kind of the box of like single overreach boots and, and very straggly old saddle cloth and I'm still hanging on to them. So I think I definitely need to think be more like Jessica and I'd be ruthless. And as soon as they're getting tired, just it's time to go. It's like oh, that I'm... favorite T-shirt you just can't throw away, but it's got five holes. It just probably needs to go. <laughs> yeah, Victoria, I'm just like you. I still have blankets from my pony when I was a kid, and I've never owned a pony since, and I'll never own a pony again. But <laughs> I was going to say, still... you're, you're never going to own. And for people like you guys, you like a certain type of horse, so yeah. you're not going to have a huge range. So you don't need the 87 blankets and you don't need the 62 blankets. Yeah. Maybe the <laughs> 78 to 81s you could keep, but probably the rest you should just donate or go to a tack exchange or something. What about old leather? Like I have bridles. Do you just throw that away instead of trying it's, to like revive stuff? It's not revivable. Okay. If that's even, but like, no, it's, we, would save it because we thought we needed pieces of the bridle. And yeah. then we pulled it out and they're like rotting. And I was like, if I put this on a horse, it's going to break. Yeah. I'm bad yeah. about that too. My mom had a, a, a double bridle that she gave me when I was a teenager and I was still hanging on to it. And I didn't even like it. I thought it was too, you know, the leather was too fine. It didn't really suit my horse. It wasn't great. And I kind of replaced bits of it and it wasn't looking great. And so last time I bought a new double bridle and I still hold it. I was holding on to the old one. <laughs> my mom came to visit last weekend. And I said, look, I really must throw this bridle out because, look, it's so old that you had it. It must have gone back to, like, the 1960s. 
And she kind of looked a bit uncomfortable and said, well, you never know. You might use it in the future. And I thought, this is where I get it from. It's all my mum's fault. So, um, yeah, I'm blaming her. So I still own the bridal, but I did move it from the tack room into uh, a, a box somewhere that is out of sight and I can forget it for another 10 years. Into the graveyard? Yeah. Into the graveyard. <laughs> yeah. What about horse shows how do you stay organized at horse shows do you guys have any tips so for us we have so many horses we justify like basically having to get a tax stall so but my friends that don't have tax stalls are like our clients that don't use most of them just use ours and like it all gets split up but having like a, we have a grooming box that we love and it keeps everything organized. Courtney has like, everything has a place. It's the same thing. We bring shelves so that all of our saddle pads and boots and polos and everything else live there. So we get there and we set up shop and we set up. So it is peace. It's got its own place. So like in your trunk, you could put dividers, you could do, you know, a grooming box or there are those standing trunks that like a couple of my friends have gotten that they get like I think Stanley makes them or something like that. And they have different compartments. So everything has its own compartment. So you know where it is. You're not going through your tack trunk with a bunch of loose stuff. Gotcha. So I had to laugh at the idea of me having advice. I am the worst person ever. I, uh, I'm quite organized when I go to a show, but when I'm there and it tends to be just me on my own. So I'm there, you know, struggling with my horse and trying to find everything. And when I get going, it's everything gets thrown into the truck and off I go. Because of this, I have become really bad at forgetting things. And in the last couple of years, I've had to ride without my jacket twice, which is not, not great. Oh, and also... No. I forgot my riding boots once and I had to wear my like dingy old like half chaps and, and boots which were brown instead of black and they were so disgusting honestly like you wouldn't want to sort of smell them or anything so I was just mortified so um I definitely I need to um con Marie my uh, my my horse truck as well as my stables and my yard and my garage so <laughs> I'm gonna have a busy few months Exactly. And if you get like two tack trunks or whatever else, or just so that everything has a place, then you open it up and you're like, there's a checklist and it's even just a mental checklist. So it's like, yeah. okay, you know, you walk out the door. And so our truck does have a lot of our stuff in it, but we make sure, you know, both of us have jackets, both of us have, you know, stock tie or tie, and both of us have riding breeches, underwear, all that. But then all of our trunks, like that's where our stock pin lives. That's where our, you know, earplugs live or whatever else we need for every day that doesn't need to get washed in our house. It never comes out. So we don't forget it. So then all we're needing is like the clothes we're physically wearing and our jackets and boots. That sounds like a much better way. Justine, have you ever forgotten anything when you've gone to a competition? Ooh, not recently. Thank goodness. I'm like a, I'm like a person who 15th checks the trailer, you know, <laughs> I um, to do it. see, I say I'm like super organized, but like, and I am, but my fault would be, I bring everything. Like I'm Me a too. bad person too. So you say you forgot your boots. I have four pairs of them. Like, yeah. I have probably two show jack. I didn't need both of them, but like I went to the show and I was like, I'm going to make sure I have everything. I had four of everything. <laughs> I'm like that too. I bring two girths. I have three show coats. They all come, even <laughs> yeah. though I'm only going to wear the one. Oh, I always... <laughs> 
I always bring, I take the stirrups and leathers off my dressage saddle and always throw it in my trunk because one God time forbid. my stirrup leather broke and I couldn't show. But now I'll just use the dressage leathers if I have to, you know, yeah. if you need them in a pinch. And I also bring like every medicine ever. Like I could euthanize a horse if I had to at the horse show. I bring so many meds, you know. So our but, drugs live in our trailer so we don't have to repack them. So once a year we make sure like we've got every, or twice a year, sorry beginning of the spring season and, um, beginning of the fall season, we have built in cabinets in our trailer that have all of our medicine. Yeah, that's smart. So we don't have to do a lot of this stuff like that lives in our trailer, like in our show pads live in the trailer. And so that you're really kind of organized in the trailer itself. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to do it. So if you guys have tips on how you stay organized or how you purge all your old horse stuff that you really don't need, comment in our Facebook group because we'd love to hear your tips. Clearly, Victoria and I need them. So, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorn. Jess, do you want to go first? I will. I'm actually ready this week. So I'm pretty sure everybody can probably guess my Rose was this past weekend was so much fun with the Aiken Grand Prix and Doug coming in second and having the horse back and the owners, the lady uh, who actually bred Quinn, who still owns them with Doug and I was there. So it was, it was a great feeling and we all got to celebrate it together. So that was a lot of fun. And then my thorn would have to be Hudson. Hudson's been a bit tongue tied. Like it's not created a problem yet where his like tongue doesn't stick out all the way. So he actually has to go into surgery. It shouldn't be anything big. They're just going to clip it, but it's still kind of scary. So we have to get that done. Oh no. So yeah, poor little dude. He's not going to feel so well. So, but in the end, like for us, we decided to do it because if you clip it, like he could have some type of speech some type of speech problem, I guess you could say, because they don't really know what will happen. But they're like, if you clip it, he won't. But if you don't, you might have to later, but then you might have to send him to speech therapy and all that. And Doug and I are like, look, why don't we just go ahead and do it? And so we don't have to kind of ever think about it again once the surgery's done and he peels. So that'd be my thorn. Poor dude. That's so tough. I hope he makes a really super quick recovery. Maybe some ice cream when he's feeling better. I know. He's going to be like, what is this? I could have this all the time. (laughs) Um, So it's like our children theme of my uh, rose this week. So I've been doing pony rides, which has been really fun. So my little boy, Rory, who is 20 months old, he had his first ride the other day. So my friends got a little Shetland called Elvis. Is that not the best name for a Shetland pony? Oh, (laughs) Oh my gosh. And I put him on the Shetland and he was like mommy and he reached out for me and my friend who is um who owns the pony and her little boy's a, bit, a little bit older so he's riding she's like we're gonna start walking and he'll be fine and she was so right as soon as we were on the move he was quite happy and kind of grinning and he just looked really cute so that was my Aww. pony ride number one my second pony ride was um Rory's cousins or well, all his cousins came to stay at the weekend and Zoe who is going to be four next month had her first ever ride on my 17 hand racehorse who just could not have behaved any better she walked around did some walks did some halts I didn't try and trot because I can barely keep up with her on my own let alone with a small child on her but I just love that she is you know a retired racehorse and she can still do pony rides she is a very cool horse so do that's my road yeah, I definitely do. I That's think, what I think, absolutely. Yeah, they go into Nurse Maidma, and she's a pretty chilled horse, but I just thought 
I was very impressed at her. She so was very sweet. sweet. And very impressed at Zoe for being so brave. She didn't even hesitate and she was on there. So I've, I've warned her um, parents. <laughs> they, they might She's have just landed them. Yeah. <laughs> a pony addiction. Um, my thorn is, is, well, I've got to move my horse, which is a bit upsetting. Um, I've been on the same stables for about a year, but it's an eventing yard and um, she's got a new horse coming and she just is struggling for room. So she suggested I move to her friend's yard, which is near, but I'm kind of at the stage now and I'm thinking maybe my horse needs to go somewhere on schooling or or to somebody who might want to vent her when I'm kind of too busy with children. So it's just a bit annoying. It's the hassle of moving and I'm quite settled where I am. Um, so that's my thorn for this week. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Any move is hard. Yeah. yeah. But it'll be fine. You'll find the next good spot for both of you. Exactly. So it could end up being exciting. It's just that <laughs> the, the kind of finding it and moving on my stuff bit that I'm not looking forward to. Because as we might have mentioned before, my stuff is quite messy. <laughs> <So>. This will <laughs> be your opportunity to clean it. You're so right. <laughs> so right. I just told you about moves. This is perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need to, I'll just keep moving yard every three months and then right. you'll be, be good to go. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have no stuff in the end. Trust me. Goodness. All right, so my rose is actually probably getting to interview Storybean Daniels. Um, it's not every day you get to interview someone who's in the news as often as Stormy is. Uh, and I, I just had no idea what to expect. I've interviewed people from all walks of life, and I just, Stormy was super fascinating. And what I love about horse people is it's just like, Horses are just the great equalizer, you know, like it took five minutes for us to feel each other out and then go, oh, you're you're a weird horse girl, too. I totally get it. We're, we were on the same wavelength right away. And then the conversation was just so natural at that point. You know, you can talk to any like you meet Jess. When I met you, I feel like it was the same thing. Like we just oh, yeah. clicked because, you know, horses, we have that same emotion tied toward horses. And um, it was just really cool to learn her story and, and how horses played such an important role for her growing up and through her career and how she found eventing and like how how excited she was when she talked about Doug and about Dom and how they've helped her move up and, and ride at levels she never thought she could ride at, which is just really cool. So no matter where you fall politically or whatever, I just I always think it's really interesting when there's always that equalizer you know people can find something they can relate to no matter what and i think stormy is a great example of that so i really hope you guys enjoyed the interview and the brief and then i guess my thorn i'm really bad at coming up with thorns because it's also kind of a rose but it's also a thorn i am uh i'm going to uh another eventing horse trial this weekend which i'm really excited about mikey did my thoroughbred did really great the first time i took him out so i'm really excited to try it again but i I'm going completely by myself. Uh, my husband's traveling for work, so I'm going to be by myself. And I'm a little nervous just because I'm by myself. So I hate I hate trailering by myself. That's the thing that I'm that I dislike the most. Even though I do it by myself all the time, it's a little bit of a longer drive for me to do by myself. And when you're tired at the end of the day and you're like you got the horse loaded and you're ready to go home, it's always nice to have somebody else in the truck with you. You know. But I'm sure we will be just fine. So you will. Good luck. You I'm sure you'll be brilliant. Fine. I feel your pain because I quite often compete on my own. But yes, no. And I know what you mean about traveling. But you will be great. Oh, thank you. 
Well, so we do have a mailbag, and I'm really excited to hear how you guys answer this question. So I'm going to read it to you, and it's from Naomi, who is a fan of our show. Thanks, Naomi. And her question is that she lives in Connecticut, and she usually shows at small local and rated shows around there. And she has uh, a really nice Oldenburg who she does the three foot honers with, but she also just purchased a young OTTB as a project horse. She took that project horse to a horse show recently. And he, she admits that he's pretty nervous uh, at home. Even he could be a little edgy, even when there's nothing to be concerned about. So she took him to this horse show and he was pretty anxious, even in the 2-6 division, she said. She went and she rode anyway, knowing he was nervous, just trying to get him good miles. And uh, so poor Naomi says, it went horrible. Uh, she fell off in the warm-up and in her first hunt around. And then she went into the second hunter course, and he refused to jump in there, too. So her trainer suggested, during while she was trying to work through all this that she talked to him when her equitation round came up. So try to talk to her horse while she was riding to see if it could help um, maybe put her nerves aside, but also help with her horse's nervous behavior. So every time he went over a jump, she said she would not loudly, but in a calm and soothing voice, she would say, there you go. Good boy. In rhythm to his canter. And she said it totally worked. They had a really great round. She was so proud of it. And she said, even her trainer, you know, who sat and watched all her rides told her that she thought, that the two of them should have been in the top three in the class, that it was the best ride they'd had all day. But much to their surprise, she said they didn't place that all. And so she had a friend who worked in the secretary's office peek at her card, and the judge had all good comments, but said that he took her out of the placings because she talked to her horse during the class. So Naomi says she never talked loud, but um, over two of the fences that were right in front of the judge, clearly the judge heard her talking to her horse and clearly the judge marked that against her. So she said she understands how that could count against her in the hunter ring, but didn't expect it in the Eck ring. So Victoria, I know you guys don't have hunters over there, but uh, do either of you have an experience with this? Like, do you talk to your horse when you ride and do you have any advice for Naomi on, you know, what she should do, I guess, going forward? Gosh, I talk all the time when I'm jumping. It's a bit of a nerves thing, I think, when and uh, I sort of commentate to myself and talk to talk to Rosie and tell her what went well and what didn't go well. And I think I probably sound quite crazy when I'm riding. I'm quite surprised you got penalised. Um, she got penalised for that because um, I wouldn't have thought it would have come into play. I mean, obviously, in dressage, you're not allowed to use your voice and get you get penalised if you get caught and, and and that's the key is obviously you just learn to talk without moving your lips or making much sound and um and then you don't get penalized so um, i'm quite surprised that that had such a detrimental effect on her score what about you jess i was gonna say honestly like from the hunters to the eck there's not much difference i i mean obviously there's a ton of difference but when you're judging you still don't want the talk like you still want because it's still about the rider and even more so in the equitation. So I think that's why she got penalized quite a bit more is I think exactly what Victoria said was like, why don't you try being a little bit more quiet and not being able to like use it where they don't notice mm -hmm. because if your horse is calmer about it, yes, definitely use it. But the judge is basically wanting to see it and it's supposed to be it's back to the old school, like how it looks and all that. And it's about the rhythm and everything else. So they find it distracting. And so some judges might not penalize you as much, whereas most of them probably are going to say, hey, look, 
We just want it to be, you know, what the picture looks like. And it's a bit distracting when they hear people talking to them. So, yeah, because my advice would, well, I, I guess my first question would be what type, if this was a local show, I feel like it's a little much to be, you know, if this yeah. is a schooling show for a judge to be going after you about this. If it's a rated show, I can understand, you know, how that would, how you would be penalized there. Yeah. Um, I can also see if like a judge, if you were like neck and neck with one rider and they were, they really had to nitpick to find things to pin somebody over the other, how they could ju- use that against you. Right. You know, if, if you had a really good round, but the other person had a great round and they didn't talk, but, um, I talked to my horse and the hunters and the Eck, but I am mindful of it. So yeah. like, I, I'm not doing it right in front of the judge. And then I, I also pet my horse a lot. So like I'll come down a line and if he jumps it really well and I don't want to talk, I give him a little scratch by his withers. And he kind of knows that like, okay, she's rewarding me. She's telling me I did a good job. Cause I'll see him go, you know, like take a chew or take a breath while we're riding. So you could maybe work on that other cues, you know, that's not necessarily using your voice, but I definitely wouldn't let this discourage you. If you noticed a difference out of your horse from you talking to him and you had a better ride and this is a young green horse, do what you got to do to put the good miles on him. You know, absolutely. who cares? Who cares where you pinned? Because it sounded like you ended your day with a really great round and that's more important for your young horse's brain than the ribbon. So don't don't be discouraged. I know it kind of sucks, especially when you feel like you want to be rewarded for your best round because I've been there where you're like, oh, man, I should have won that. But you'll win it the next time. And so if you want to send us an email or if you have if you have a question that you want to have us ask on air, you can always email us at hello at heelsdownmedia.com or you can join our Facebook group and ask us a question there. You can search on Facebook for the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And obviously, if you want to hear more from us, please subscribe to the Heels Down Brief at bit.ly slash hdbrief. And you can look for our stories and all our content on heelsdownmag.com. So many spanks, there are many, many spanks, many thanks to this week's oh, spon- no. sponsors. <laughs> I swear we're not trying to spank you guys. Um, Saratoga Horseworks and Pup and Pony Co. All right, guys, that's it. Well, cheers, guys. We had so much fun. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>